Well, this has been such a rich time of worship and communion and prayer and everything else. I'm feeling, I'm feeling filled up. I'm like, I, I don't know about you. Hope you have a little bit more room <laughs> for something uh, here. Got a little bit more room, maybe? Okay. All right. Good. Okay. So um, we're going to go back to Colossians this morning. Without, without Ron Wolf, there would be no Brett Favre. Okay, I dare say probably most everybody in the room has heard of Brett Favre. I mean, at least, you know, you don't have to be a huge football fan to know who Brett Favre is, quarterback, former quarterback of, of Green Bay Packers. But Ron Wolf, you probably don't know that name. Ron Wolf was the personnel manager for Green Bay who worked out the trade to bring Brett Favre to Green Bay from Atlanta where Brett Favre was not doing so well. And it wasn't that he wasn't playing well, it was that he was not acting well. He was partying, he was falling asleep in meetings, uh, team meetings, he was coming late to things, he was just kind of wasting his opportunity. And Ron Wolf had had his eye on Brett Favre for a while, and the, the first chance he got to trade him up to Green Bay, he brought him there, and he did something more important than just getting him to Green Bay. He really helped him get his act together and reach his potential. And so if it wasn't for Ron Wolf, who you've never heard of, you would never have heard of Brett Favre, and he would not have led the Green Bay Packers to a Lombardi trophy. And yes, Jeremy is the one who suggested this illustration uh, this morning, our resident cheesehead. And, and fun fact, my brother's name was Ron Wolf, who lived in Wisconsin, but was not the same one, and his birthday was today. Anyway, so that's it's all a little bit uh, of an aside there. But, you know, we, we know the names of superstars, but many times we don't know the names of the unsung heroes behind the superstars. And this is true in every area of life. It's true in faith. So most of us have probably heard of the Apostle Paul, right? I mean, the Apostle Paul, even if you're new to faith, maybe you're here for the first time this morning, here in the building, here with us online for the first time. Even if you don't know much about the Bible, you've probably heard of Paul, who wrote a significant portion of the New Testament, and Christians are constantly quoting him. And so most of us are familiar with Paul, but uh, he would be maybe a superstar of the faith, we could say. But many of us don't know a lot of the people who were behind the scenes Helping Paul's ministry actually uh, happen and, and be effective. And so this morning, we're going to talk about a couple of those people. And one of the reasons why it's important for us to talk about this is because I know that some of you, many of you, are probably unsung heroes in your world and in your life. Many of you are probably behind the scenes making it possible for somebody else to be up front, having an impact. And sometimes when you're the unsung hero, you feel very forgotten. And I just want to remind us this morning, I want to assure you this morning of God's view of you, how much God values you, whatever role you play, especially if you're in the, in, in the background. And I, I hope that this morning will inspire all of us to, to value those people as well. So with that, let's turn to Colossians chapter 4. We, as we near the end of Colossians, we are getting to this list of names. And if you're like me, you typically breeze through those lists because you're just like, I, I don't know any of these people. I don't, I don't really know why this is here. 
But there are some real treasures here if we take the time to dig through this. And so I want to just highlight three people for us briefly here this morning. So we're going to read starting in verse 10. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you've received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. So of these three, there's three, three men mentioned here. Of these three, you've probably heard of Mark, okay? Mark, the writer of the gospel. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. You've probably heard of Mark, but probably not the other two. And, and so we should remember when we're reading these lists of people that we don't know much about, just remember, everybody has a story. We may not know the story, but God knows the story, and, and everybody has one. And so, so we'll start with Aristarchus. We'll talk about what we know of him. If we did a search on Aristarchus, if you did a search in your Bible online, you would find Aristarchus showing up five times. And he is someone of whom I think we could say pretty safely, without an Aristarchus, there was not a Paul. Without people like Aristarchus, for sure, there would not have been a Paul. We, we see, let me highlight three times that Aristarchus shows up with, with Paul. He, he stood with Paul through some of the most difficult times in his life. The, the first time we see him was a riot in Ephesus. So Paul was in Ephesus doing ministry, and the things that Paul was sharing, the good news of Christ, the the news that Christ is God and that he's the only God, that did not sit well with the Ephesians because they already had a God. In fact, they had multiple gods, but they had a primary God, Artemis, who was like the God of their their city. And as Paul is sharing these things, it's going to undermine not only their faith, but their economy. I mean, you can mess with people's faith a little bit, but when you start messing with the economy, people get really upset. And so there was this mob scene because, because they were making all these little figurines and, and things. And if, if, if they overthrew the idea that Artemis was the ultimate god of Ephesus, then they stood to really undermine uh, a lot of these, uh, these, the, the economy there. And so there's this mob scene going on. And, and in Acts chapter 19, it says, when, when the people heard from Paul, they were enraged and they were crying out, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. They're like countering everything that he's teaching. So the city was filled with confusion and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and who? Aristarchus, there he is, Macedonians, who were Paul's companions in travel. So here is Aristarchus in harm's way because he is along with Paul. And that's not the last time that's going to happen. The next time we see Aristarchus is because he's boarding a ship for a voyage with Paul to Rome for for Paul's trial. And so if we had time to read in in Acts 27, we could see that Aristarchus got on this ship, which ends in a shipwreck. And everybody on board thought they were going to die. But the Lord rescued them, rescued everybody actually off, off the ship. But again, Aristarchus in harm's way. And now when we get to Colossians four years later, Paul describes Aristarchus as my fellow prisoner. 
So whether Aristarchus was also arrested and, and put in prison, or maybe probably more likely what's happening here is that when someone was in house arrest, they could have a servant with them to, to support them, encourage them, take care of their needs. So probably Aristarchus is right there again alongside of Paul as his fellow prisoner. See, Paul, Paul was gifted undoubtedly in ways that not very many people were and ways that Aristarchus was not. But Aristarchus had a role to play. Undoubtedly, Aristarchus was gifted in ways that Paul was not. And, and what this shows us and what these three men show us is that your team needs you and you need your team. I mean, just as Paul, Paul needed Aristarchus and people like him to be able to fulfill his ministry. The teams that you are on need you. You may not be up front. You may not be the one getting all the credit, but your team needs you just as you need your team. Let's look at the second man here, Mark. Mark also traveled with Paul, specifically on his first missionary journey, but but Mark deserted Paul. So much so that when Paul is ready to take his second missionary journey, he says, yeah, we're, we're not taking a chance with Mark again. And so Acts 15 records this. Barnabas wanted to take with them on this second missionary journey. John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and departed. So there's some drama here. Last week we highlighted a a dramatic story, like where there's some conflict going on. Here's some conflict going on with none other than Paul himself. But what we see here in, in Colossians 4, years later, after Mark deserted for the first time, is we see, we see grace. So in verse 10, Paul, Paul says, if Mark comes to you, welcome him. Like, don't turn him away. We're not, we're not giving up on him. I, I am so thankful in life that failure is not final. I am so thankful that God doesn't give up on me every time I make a dumb decision. Because he would have given up on me a long time ago. I am so thankful that my future doesn't need to be ruined by my past. And, and Mark is evidence of, of that. And, and Paul wrote about this in 2 Corinthians 5 when he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I mean, that was Paul's mindset. And he was able to extend grace to Mark. And so, so we can celebrate Mark this morning. That, that Mark did, Mark got back up. He got thrown off the horse, but he got back up and he kept pressing forward. And, and there's probably someone here this morning, someone at home listening to this that needs to hear that. I mean, your failure is not final unless you fail to get back up. So we want to celebrate that in Mark today. We also want to celebrate Paul that he would receive Mark back, that he would give him a second chance. And there's probably somebody sitting here or somebody listening at home that, that needs to hear that as well this morning. Maybe there's somebody in your sphere, in your life that has failed and you need to extend them grace and give them a second chance. 
There's a third teammate mentioned here. Jesus called justice. So to avoid confusion with Jesus called Christ, you need to know this is a different person. Jesus was actually a pretty common name in, in that time. Jesus called justice is mentioned only here in all of scripture. So we don't know any of his story, but God does. I mean, I find it really interesting that he's just mentioned here, just his name, that that's it. And we don't know any, anything else. And so God knows, it reminds us that God knows your story. Nobody else may know your story. Nobody else may care. God knows your story. And the same God who recorded Jesus called justice, he's keeping an eye on you. And he's keeping track of your life. And he cares about you as well. All three of these men played a crucial role in, in Paul's life. He describes it in verse 11. He says, they're the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers. So he's talking about Jewish people. They're the only Jewish people among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And they have been a what? A comfort to me. Never underestimate the power of encouragement. Never underestimate the power of you, maybe in the background, behind the scenes, maybe nobody knows your name, but you're standing with somebody. Because, you know, the, the people who are up front, the people who are visible, the more upfront you are, the more visible you are, the more of a, of a target you have on you, and the more you're under attack. And those people need, those Paul people need the people in the background encouraging and being a comfort. So I think sometimes we, we think that Paul is just this like superhuman, like, you know, lone ranger guy. And nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, just as you need your team, your, your team needs you. Paul needed a team around him. We, we could go on with this list. Um, because actually Warren Wiersbe counts over a hundred people in the New Testament. They're associated with Paul. He had a huge team, an extensive team. He was no lone ranger. He needed other people just as we do. And we need to be part of those teams. We, we are all part of a mission, the mission that Jesus has given us. We are all threads in the whole big piece of, of the tapestry that God is weaving. I, I read this illustration this week from, from N.T. Wright, who I'm trying to see if I have this the right side up. Okay, for you at home who can see this. So um, N.T. Wright talks about the fact that no one stitch in a quilt holds it all together. It takes all the little tiny stitches that you can't even see to, to hold this together. And so your little stitch counts, even though nobody may ever see it or, or call it out. And, and another thing that I love about this quilt is this was made by our quilting ladies here at the church. I don't know if you knew we had a quilting group that meets once a month, and they make quilts like this that go to hospitals in Philadelphia and that go to underprivileged neighborhoods in, in Philadelphia to, to wrap up cold little babies in and comfort them and keep them warm. So talk about a group of people who are working behind the scenes that many of you didn't even know about, but they're making a difference for, for those, those little babies and those families to know that they are, are being loved. 
Every stitch in that works together to, to bring the whole thing together. Because um, the, every, every stitch in us, every stitch for our team is vital and important. Because the mission that Jesus has given us is too big for, for any one person. I mean, the mission that Jesus gave us is to go, therefore, to all nations, make disciples of all nations. That's a huge mission, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. That's huge. No one person can do that. That's why we need to work together as a team. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 12. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Your team needs you to play your role, and you need your team. All right, so what what do we do with this? So I want you to think about a team that you are on. And if you are a behind-the-scenes person... And I just, I want you to be encouraged this morning, specifically by Jesus, who's called justice. Because the same God who recorded the name of Jesus called justice, he, he's recording your name as well. He's watching your life as well. He knows how you're serving. He cares about that, and he will reward that. If you are a part of a team and you're one of the upfront people, Maybe you're one of the people who gets the credit for what's going on. I want you to think and pick someone this week who is one of those behind-the-scenes people and thank them specifically. Maybe you write a card to them. Maybe you give them a little gift card to Duncan. Just recognize them in some way. And when you do that, you're gonna. this is going to be a win-win. It's going to be a win for them because they're going to be encouraged to know that somebody, somebody appreciates me. And, and actually, I'm, I am making a difference. But it's also going to be good for you because it's good to remind you how much you need that person and those people around you as part of your team. While we're on this this morning, I want to introduce you to another name that you probably don't know. Maybe maybe two names that you don't know. We've been talking now for, for months about our missions focus in the Middle East and in Lebanon. And so I, I want to introduce you this morning to someone who is integral to that, that mission, Pierre Husney, who is actually the leader of Horizons International. So uh, Pierre and Denise Nichols, who leads our focus team, uh, we, the three of us got to have a conversation this week, and I'd like for you to hear from them this morning. Listen. All right, so actually, I'm going to share with you some next steps that we can take, and then we will be dismissed here this morning. But uh, what we're doing now at this point is we're ready to launch our focus community. So if you would like to be part of that and kind of be the first to know what's happening uh, with our partnership in, in Lebanon, then you can uh, email this email address, focus at gracepointpa.org. We'll make you part of that community. We'll be giving you updates on prayer requests. Uh, you, on your way out this morning, as you come out this front door up here, there's a table here. And those of you who are online, you can access this on our missions page. Uh, we have a new and updated 21-day prayer guide to be praying for Lebanon. So pick one of those up and be praying for this partnership. 
for the next 21 days and then beyond. I just recycle these and just keep, keep going through them one time after another. There's an info sheet up there that gives you more details about what's happening in, in our partnership. Uh, there's a magnet that you can put on your refrigerator to remind you to pray. Starting this month, uh, we're going to be doing an update every month in the service about what's happening in our partnership with, with the focus there in, in Lebanon. And so I'm not sure if it's going to be this month, but one month soon, we're actually going to do a conversation with Pastor Joseph over it at the Amsheet Church. So we're going to be doing some things just to be building our relationship, helping us get to know each other. And uh, as Denise mentioned there, we're, we're looking at some ways to engage not just over in the Middle East, but also just how can we engage in our local community with the Muslim population. And so whether that's in Philly or even right here in Newtown, we're looking at some different ways to be able to do that and to share the gospel with them. So stay tuned for more on that.